0: I want to bless you this morning with the Word of God, and I want to continue on the series that I've been speaking on, living in two worlds. That's our lot in life. Once we come into God's kingdom, we live in the kingdom of this world, and we live in the kingdom of God. And sometimes to live in those two worlds takes effort and dependence upon God. And I want to read from Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. And this morning's message is not conformed to this world, but transformed. A Transformed. Not conformed to this world, but transformed. And the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body's living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And... Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What a tremendous verse Paul tells us. How to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. As I come into this message, I want to share a few things that will inspire faith in the greatness of our God and will tie into the message that I have in terms of being transformed You might remember over a year, almost a year and four months ago, I asked Rodney to come and share concerning a mass in his bowel that disappeared. Every indication from tests, it was there, it was serious. There was prayer, seeking God, and ultimately when they went inside... There was nothing there. Now, at the end of that service, we prayed for a number of people that came to the front. And I p- prayed for three people. Don't often pray for people at the front. And those three people I continued to pray for for some time, just reinforcing the prayer at the altar and believing God with them for God to intervene. Now one of those people, one of those persons was the late Ken Gardner. And I came to him and I said, "Brother, what what you need?" And he told me he said I've got 3 months to live. 3 months to live. And uh, I prayed for him. He continued to be on my heart. I know he was aged. And I continued to pray, and God dropped a word of knowledge into my mind and into my heart. And I sought out his address, and I went to visit him in the nursing home. And that was the first pastoral visit I've done in over twenty years, and I enjoyed it. You know, I I saw his world all the people there in front of the tv doing kind of exercises while they were sitting down and then they had a a, a marvelous morning tea so if you want to get a good morning tea go to the nursing homes and then i had an opportunity to talk to ken and and ken shared with me a little about his life, and that's the wonder of kind of being in a home and visiting and sharing with someone. He was, believe it or not, a circuit singer and also a real estate agent. And I said, look, Ken, I felt God's given me a word for you. God's not going to heal you, but God's going to extend your life. God's going to give you some additional time. And I I worked out then that when God took him home, that God had given him in extra to the three months that he had over 12 months life, extra life. And in those 12 months, he loved the house of God and our brother here would bring him There was an effort to bring him. He was always here unless he was sick. And that just shows us the wonder of God and the power of God to intervene. Now the second story I just want to share with you, you'll probably remember when I shared concerning the pain in my back and joints and groin and And it was kind of so extreme, I didn't know what to do, and I was ministering, and I shared that in desperation, I called out to God in the middle of the night, and I said, God, I need some relief. This had been going on for months. Lord, I need some relief. And God, the Holy Spirit, I believe, directed me to some medication I had, And I took that medication and almost immediately the pain went and the symptoms went. And that, I was good for a couple of weeks and then it returned and I took lower doses of that medication. And when I went to my GP, I I told him what I had done and he wasn't very happy. But I didn't tell him the divine factor in all of this. And so we said, we've got to look into this. And so uh, there were blood tests. And then I went to a specialist rheumatician. How, rheumatic, how do you pronounce it? Anyhow, you know who I mean. And, uh, and uh, after some time, there was a, a diagnosis. And he put me on some medication. It would take some two years to totally clear up. And believe it or not, the medication he put me on, was the medication the Holy Spirit directed me to take. There's no other medication. There's nothing else for that problem. That's all there is. And the Holy Spirit directed me, brought relief. Maybe I should have asked for healing. I asked for relief. And, uh, and now, of course, medical science has taken over. Now, that's the wonder of our God. That's the power of our God. The third area story kind of or situation I want to share before I just enter into uh, the message is that uh, what I'm going to speak on this morning is kind of been through the test of my experience in terms of some challenges that I have had in terms of being unwell. I'd like to share that uh, while I... Uh, have been dealing with some health issues. Uh, The truths that I share with you this morning have been the foundation uh, of, uh, of, of my life and just helped me so much. Repeatedly, I have applied God's word to my situation, sometimes without apparent success, other times with great comfort, and usually fluctuating between the two. Of course, I would prefer, and we all would prefer, if, if it was all success. We always, but it's fluctuated. But all the time, I've sensed the hand of God. I've had to rely on the peace of God and the joy of the Lord to deal with my mind and emotions that determined the will and the way I faced life and the way I looked at life. And God comes to our assistance and helps us and Paul tells us not to be conformed to this world. There's a thinking, there are emotions there's a mindset that's of the world, and then there's, there are emotions and a mindset that's of God. Paul tells us not to be conformed to this world. Now, this is no easy task. It's not easy not to be conformed to this world. Everything in this world is pressurizing us to be conformed to it. It's difficult not to be conformed to this world. I remember when I was doing a course of psychology at the university and the lecturer got all the new students involved in this experiment. We'd go into a dark room, pitch black, sit down, and behind a curtain there were three other persons... That we couldn't see, but we could only hear. And then there would be a dot of light that would strike on a board twice. And we were to estimate the distance between the first dot and the second dot. Now to give you an example, probably I saw it and it looked like it was three centimetres. But before I was allowed to estimate and tell how wide or the space between the dots to three others got in before me and one said 10 centimetres, the other said 12 centimetres and the third one said 15 centimetres. Now, I had a problem. Am I going to look silly and say two centimetres And so I opted and I said 12 and a half (laughs) centimetres. And that wasn't the case. And this went on for some six or seven, I think it was six times, and each time it was similar. What I actually saw and what the other three said was entirely different. But I always opted not to look silly, And I came in somewhere in between the others. That's the power to conform. Now, I wasn't the only silly one. 95% of people that do that experiment fall into that same trap. It's the tremendous power to conform. I didn't want to look different. I didn't want to look stupid. I was a university student. How could I be so different from these other three who were, of course, controlling the experiment. And, you know, we, we live in a world where the TV and its advertising is putting so much pressure on us to conform and tell us what's valuable, what's good, how we should look like, and, it, and we kind of govern what we should eat, tremendous pressure to conform to this world. I remember when Debbie, my sweet little girl, left uh, in, uh, for primary school. And, you know, in primary school, she was assistant captain, debater. She, she was just absolutely perfect. A couple of weeks in high school, she mixed with the wrong crowd. And she was a different girl. And I remember I, I went uh, shopping. She, she needed shoes. The shoes she had weren't good enough. And there had to be sneakers. And, uh, you know, when I went to what I considered were reasonable sneakers, you know, $20, $30. No. Now, there was a real kind of, you know, agitation there. And, uh, no, no. And uh, the the only way I could make her happy, uh, I think they cost me $150. Now, I've never spent that much on shoes myself. But it was peer pressure. That she had to conform—that's what her friends had, and nothing could change that. I wasn't happy, but I think the grandparents gave me the money, so I don't know if they were, you know, <laughs> uh, for those shoes. And and you know, not not long after, uh, the, the the you know all the girls were kind of plucking their uh, eyebrows till there was nothing. And and I said, look, Debbie, look, I don't like this. If you leave your eyebrows alone, I'll give you $100 per eyebrow. Okay? Do you think she accepted it? No. No. The power of group pressure. Now, God's Word tells us not to be conformed. And I want to focus on an area of maybe trial, pain, suffering and sickness in terms of not being conformed. Uh, Paul says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind and the greatest influence in this world to experience this to renew our mind is the truth and revelation of God's word. Our thinking is changed by the power and revelation of the Bible when it becomes our source of thinking, living in this spiritual world in our spiritual world. And my focus will be on life's challenges and sicknesses. Life's challenges and sicknesses, where there is a way of looking at these where it's conformed to the world, or we can look at them as God's Word wants us to look at them and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I've applied this truth constantly to my life, journey and experience in the last number of months. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 we read, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared for This day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now one of the key focuses, and when we talk about joy, we're talking about emotions. And the emotions that we have as we face life's challenges and sicknesses can be destroying and can affect our lives. Now, in this situation, in Nehemiah, Ezra writes, don't sorrow, and I'll tell you why in just a moment, but go and enjoy life. Be enjoying life. Eat the fat and the sweet. Now, it's not talking about a bad diet, but in those days, that was the choicest. And enjoy for the joy of the Lord. Is your strength. Now, this verse comes out of celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles with the reading of the law, with understanding. The Feast of Tabernacles commemorated the Exodus coming out of Egypt. It commemorated the reliance of the children of Israel on God in the wilderness. The Feast of Tabernacles was one of the obligatory festivals. Uh, of Israel during the year, on this occasion that we read about in Nehemiah, uh, the reading of the law was always a part of the uh, commemoration in public we're told these kind of uh, this kind of fascinating insight in verse seven uh, of chapter seven, we find uh, the pe- uh, the people were helped the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. And verse 8 says, So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And so on this occasion, they just didn't read, but you had those that knew the priests and other ones that would explain The Word of God. And as these people listened to the power of God's Word and its explanation, uh, they began to cry. They began to cry. And Nehemiah says, look, it's not a time for sorrow. Enjoy yourself. Eat Uh, the, 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 the wonderful things that God has provided. Enjoy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the joy of the Lord... Can have This can have two meanings. First of all, it can have the meaning, the joy God has. Or it can mean, or it probably means both, the joy that God gives. Now, the joy that God has is the joy as he sees his children. He sees us serving him, loving him worshipping him, following him, uh, praying to him. That brings joy to God. That's the joy of the Lord. Now that is one of our greatest sources of strength. Our emotions as we have the joy of the Lord is our strength or it can mean, and I believe it means both, that the joy God gives us, the joy that we have from fellowship, from knowing God, from being saved, from depending upon God, the joy that we personally have. This is one of the sources of power that we have when it comes to challenge and sickness that that through it, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, in the world, if we're conformed to the world, sickness and challenge and and, and life's uh, difficulties can bring sorrow and anguish and disappointment. And, you know, it can have all that effect that can bring you down and you don't want to eat, you know, I'm dying, whatever. But we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, I tried applying this many times. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes I felt nothing. Now, when I felt nothing, I had to go to faith. And God, it doesn't matter really how I feel. But I'm believing that you are in control. In situations of pain, it can bring sorrow. We have strength and power to overcome is in the joy of the Lord. And um, the joy of the Lord uh, gets us out, get, uh, the joy of the Lord brings us, brings power and, and the ability and the strength to deal with what we are facing. Uh, constantly, I I'd been declaring and affirming the joy of the Lord's my strength. The joy of the Lord, my relationship, my love for him, my enjoyment for him. This is my strength. This is where I'm strong. And as I confirmed and affirmed that, there were times when I just sensed just the wonder of his joy. I did not always feel... Something uh, to my disappointment. But there were those times when God consoled me, and when, uh, when Isaiah 6, 61 3 became a reality to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the Spirit. Of heaviness that comes out of the joy of the Lord that can take over your emotions that can set your, your, the pathway of your life not despair but the joy of the Lord is your strength and like I said there were days when I felt it there were days when I didn't but there are always moments. Always moments when it came flooding in and you knew God was totally in control. I could still enjoy my food. I could still enjoy. This thing's not going to. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Amen. 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 The second area, that's our emotions. The second area has to do with the peace of God. And Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now this verse is preceded by, Be anxious for nothing. Now that is a hard request, isn't it? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, the, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Once again, this verse and this truth was one that I declared and I affirmed. I wanted the peace of God. I wanted that sense of God's control. And uh, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us that the peace of God passes understanding. If we're conformed to this world, there's so much in our minds that can cause us to worry, be concerned. Um, our mind can go haywire, as our emotions can. But the Bible tells us that the peace of God passes, understand, goes beyond. It's not dependent upon what we know or what we see or what we've been told. It's not dependent on that, but it guards our hearts. The Holy Spirit guards our minds, guards our minds. And so he's there guarding and protecting. And when thoughts contrary to the will of God, contrary to the love of God, when thoughts of fear, perfect love casts out, when those thoughts come, he's the guard of our mind. And instead of letting them take root, rather God's peace comes in. That sense of the control of God, that sense that, that God has this situation in hand, the peace of God. The peace of God's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And our emotions and our minds not conform to this world, because we'll be a mess if it is. but it's transformed by the renewing of our minds that comes through the revelation of God. and God gives us the joy of the Lord. He gives us the peace of God and those two things determined: how we live and the pathway. We take. Constantly I've reminded God that his word tells me to be anxious for nothing. But God, I'm finding this very difficult. Not always successful on this one, even though I've sought God with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving making my requests known to God, feeling has not always been present, that sense of peace has not always been there, then I've had to rely on faith, that the Holy Spirit's always there, guarding my mind, my thoughts, not allowing it to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed. Our minds and emotions can conform to the world's reaction to pain. Uh, And normally it's with fear, concern, despair. And then I find that as you seek God and you fluctuate, as you set your heart upon Him, you experience Isaiah 26 and verse 3 that says, You will keep Him. In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Isn't that wonderful? Often it's just out of the blue. You may not even be praying, and you might have had a bad day. And then that peace of God comes flooding in. And you know, you know that God is in control. God is in control. Praise God. The wonderful peace of God overwhelms us and overwhelms me. And uh, I think of the words of that song that often come at that time. And uh, if it wasn't for Pastor Marty being here, I would probably sing this song. It is well, oh my soul. I want to tell you this morning... That God wants me to tell you, it is well, oh my soul. It is well, oh my soul. And everyone here, it is well, oh my soul. God would tell you that. For God is in control. He wants your mind to be transformed where you live off the power of the joy of the Lord. And you live off the tranquility of the peace. Of God. I believe God is saying that to His people this morning. It is well. Oh, my soul. You know, living in two worlds, when we're confronted with life's challenges and sicknesses, we find in the natural world we see and look to what doctors can do. In the spiritual world that we're in also, we see what God can do. What God can do. And that's so wonderful. We see what God can do. I sense that God told me to tell someone or some persons this morning who are fearful, this is God's opportunity for, to step in and to be anxious for nothing. God wants us to be anxious for nothing. Let's see what God can do. This chapter of our lives is going to be exciting because we're going to see the mighty hand of God. God's going to give us the joy of the Lord and God's going to give us, we have, not give us only, we have the peace of God. Amen? Amen. God's word's wonderful. God's truth's powerful. I want you to absorb it and assimilate it. And I want you to go and eat the fat and the sweets, not burgers, Pastor Marty. Okay. And uh, those that don't have, share with them and enjoy the goodness of God. Don't let nothing bring you down. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Marty.